We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. <laughs> Justin, make sure you get that in for the pre-roll. Oh, Jesus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by my FFPC and my bookie, and of course, hosted on the lovely Rotoviz Radio. I am your host tonight. My name is Dan Sanio at FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter, and what seems like as always these days, joined by my lovely, lovely co-host. Mr. Nathan Powell on Twitter at NPowellFF. Nathan, how's it going tonight? It's going well, my friend. It's going well. You know, things starting to pick up on the real-life job stuff, so excited to, you know, a little step away from that and talk some fantasy football. I like it. Well, the the preseason is among us. Uh, We've got football galore. We've got the lovely coach speak. We've got training camp battles. We've got all sorts of of fun stuff has anything kind of tickled your fancy thus far any of your favorite storylines quite yet well there is the the storyline that we have to to dive into and i think that you know might as well just start start with it it's interesting you say that and of course we are referring to the storyline which is antonio brown mr big chest himself got got some 
some frostbitten feet from the uh, whatever machine he decided to take a step in. Uh, he's had the hot, <laughs> the hot air balloon stuff going. And now, of course, he refuses to play unless he can use his old helmet. But, of course, the rules and regulations state that you cannot... Well, the, the folks that license these things will not you know, say, like, this is a safe thing to use for anything that's older than 10 years old, which apparently his helmet falls into that category. So he's been using the same helmet for that long? Is that what I'm led to understand? I, I guess so, Antonio. I mean, you even went deeper into it than I really even knew about because I've been trying to, you know, just be like, oh, man, that, that's not <laughs> happening. And I'm even, not even a guy that's like overexposed to Antonio Brown. But for me, my opinion on this is that until the season starts, until the toe meets leather, I'm calling this much ado about nothing. And I, I and I couldn't end up being proven wrong. This could very easily blow up in my face. But I do think the people that are running away screaming, saying, oh, he's got CTTE, he's, you know, crazy, da 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 da, da. I, I'm not there yet. I think that if he starts missing football games, maybe we'll, we'll start to talk about that. But as of now, if you're – if you're selling for a, a 2021st or if you're selling for uh, one, one of my followers asked me, should he sell uh, Mike Williams or Antonio Brown? And this was a couple of days ago though. And I, but I did say I, I would rather have Antonio Brown than Mike Williams at this state. Yes. Obviously one of those is more risky than the other. Even at Mike Williams peak, he's not going to put up Antonio Brown numbers. If Antonio Brown ever does that does put up those numbers ever again. All right. Uh, parents, if you're driving with your kids in the car, just scroll that dial back a little bit. I'm about to make a swear. The second he rolled in with that stupid blonde mustache and that <laughs> that whatever hair, Coolio hair he had going on, I knew for a fact he was batshit crazy. All right, we can turn the volume back up now. At that point, I trended myself towards either getting out completely or just fading until his price got to a point where it was palatable. All of this now happening, whether it's his feet, whether it's his helmet, whether it's any number of things, this has pushed his value into a state of, I, I kind of might buy here. As much as I want to be out on him, because I do truly believe he has hit some form of crazy in his life. Now, whether that's the concussions or maybe he was just always this way and Tomlin and, and the Roonies were able to keep him under wraps for however long. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on his mental stability, but there's just something about him that throws me off from that. So with that said, I still now think he's in that potential buy zone. Because now we're talking about sliding him into like fourth rounds for like the wide receiver one, him and Julio over the last however many years. That seems nuts to me. He's going to play. He's not going to turn down whatever 40, 50 million dollars, however big his contract is because of his helmet. He can put a new face mask on it. He can figure out whatever the heck he needs to do. He's going to play. And if he's out there, he's going to get like 180 targets because who else are they going to throw it to on the Raiders? So if these if these values are getting to Mike Williams valuations, even from a dynasty perspective, I'm buying at that at that valuation and I want to be out fully. But that's attractive to me. 
Yeah, and obviously, if you are going out to buy, you do have to understand there is, you know, it's in the, within the range. And, Dan, if you recall, we talked about this in February. We I said it's, it's within the range of outcomes. Antonio Brown never plays football again. I know. And that was kind of like a joke at the time. No. Nope. <laughs> well, we're getting we're getting close closer to that range of outcomes right now. But now we're flipping the other way around. Now that people actually think that might happen, we're like, oh, go buy Antonio Brown. What idiots would think he would never play football again? At that valuation, the upside is worth worth the risk. But yeah, I mean, when we had that conversation, I it was it was like there. It, it maybe it but there's no way this is happening right and then here we are you know six months later and it's it's there's real potential so the antonio news has been absolutely crazy one other place where the news seems to never not be crazy especially regarding this certain player is in indianapolis the colts jim ursay chris ballard who has been doing a really good job of getting the players in there but we still don't know about this Andrew Luck thing. Now, last week, I wasn't concerned because I was led to believe, and you know, similar to the shoulder thing. The shoulder thing I was a little more concerned about off the bat, but now this one, we it, it kind of turns into a whole different thing. Before, it was a minor calf injury. Now, he's got bone issues, according to Ursay, but he doesn't know what he's doing, according to Jim. Like We're all shocked, Jim. We know. So Nathan, does this, you know, we talked about this last week, and we were both like, yeah, no, it's fine, go, go get them if they're selling. But, I mean, are we, are we entirely sure that they know what they're doing? No, we're never sure that Andrew Luck's health is something that anyone knows what they're doing. But I'm still in buy mode here, where if people are starting to panic, and people are definitely starting to panic, like I, I, I acquired Andrew Luck for Carson Wentz in a Superflex league like two weeks ago and the guy who did it said, I'm sorry, man, I didn't like, you know, want this to happen to Andrew Luck when I traded him to you. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's just part of the game. And, you know, we knew two weeks ago about the injury, but you didn't really know how it's severity. And obviously it's only gotten worse uh, from there, but you know, just from a general Andrew Luck dynasty buying scenario, if you can get Andrew Luck pretty much anywhere below like QB two. So if you can get him like at that QB four to QB six range, I think that that is more than a palatable price, maybe using a lower end guy like a uh, Lamar Jackson and in, in a nice piece or a Josh Allen and a very nice piece to get to Andrew Luck in a super flex league. Of course, uh, that would be the type of move I'd, I'd be looking to do. Also, maybe if if you can stomach the risk of possibly losing a quarterback for some period of time this year, maybe a Pat Mahomes for Andrew Luck plus plus type of deal. Those are the type of deals I'd be looking to make with Angelic right now. Yeah, and, and honestly, in some places, guys that are just kind of sick of it, you might not even have to go really that that big of a piece adding on to Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson's or those types to get Andrew Luck because people, again, people like to overreact, and that could be a really nice time to do it now. It could turn out that all of a sudden Andrew Luck has an actual like broken broken bone in his leg or whatever it is. And then he's missing time, but at the same time, you have so much upside built into that price that it's still going to be a win, even if he does miss a little bit of time, because you're not winning the league in the first few weeks of the season, or even the first half of the season. You're winning the league in the back half, and obviously in the playoffs, if, assuming you make it there. So, And that's just a short-term view. I mean, long-term, Andrew Luck is still a top four, five, six quarterback 
in dynasty even even if the injury concerns still linger because if he can get on the field at any point he's going to be a difference maker because he always has been when he's been on the field aside from when his shoulder literally was about to fall off so i think luck still is in that by state i think you have to tread somewhat lightly just because the colts i mean they have a history of treating things very very poorly so you know proceed with caution but but definitely be a little bit more aggressive than that to to try to get this guy assuming you need quarterback help or if you're just in the buying mode sometimes that's just kind of fun to do uh last news and notes thing it's just you be really really quick we mentioned it a couple episodes ago the golden tate suspension and nathan you did mention that there was precedent for this to be upheld and it was he is getting his four game suspension for a performance enhancing drug that was actually used for um, fertility so not anything crazy, nothing, nothing, nothing bad, no, you know, substance abuce issues. Just or anything that this isn't the type of thing where next offseason he'll be suspended again for right. using the fertility drug. Yeah, there's no long term effect here. Uh, we're losing four games, and you know, I don't think that's going to change his value much at all. Obviously, he's a little bit older of a wide receiver on a really bad offense, and he's going to be fed the ball. So I think those first few games where he's not there, Evan Ingram's either going to be the tight end one by a mile or hurt. Uh, Sterling Shepard, assuming his thumb is good, even though they keep throwing hospital balls to him at practice, <laughs> we can we can probably chalk him up for some wide receiver two weeks. And then once uh, Golden Tate gets back, I think he's got legitimate wide receiver two upside for the remainder of the season, whether it's Eli or Daniel Jones, because Daniel Jones looks like he's doing okay so far, obviously, preseason is, is a different animal, but looks like he's holding his own for now. So, yeah, do you have any any long-term questions with Golden Tate or or even short-term questions, I guess, in Dynasty? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think he is what he is at this point. I think that early on he's going to be a target hog. Uh, with the Giants, I think that when maybe 2020, 2021, he gets you know more towards that like end of the career slot guy. I I don't see him as a target hog for too much longer, maybe one two seasons. But I do think in the in the short term he is going to be a target hog and a guy who's going to be getting lots of targets. Where in a Giants receiving core that you know it has some pieces, you know Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley um, and Sterling Shepard, but. Not much behind them, and I I would say the benefactor of the suspension being upheld would be Reggie White Jr. This might give him the opportunity to a secure that he is definitely going to make the team, and then possibly you know show what he could do on the field in the regular season. For sure, yeah. And there's there's a couple of the guys on that depth chart where if you're in super deep leagues, they're probably going to get a shot early on in the season, but they probably don't have a ton of long term long term value. But you know if it's a if it's a deep roster league or or a 16 team or anything like that, where these these kind of end of bench guys in in 12 team leagues now become legitimate waiver wire guys in in the bigger leagues. Now is probably the time to go stash a couple of those if you have free spots on your on your rosters. Uh, grab guys that are going to be in high volume passing offenses. The New York Giants are going to be one of them because they're going to be losing basically every game and they're going to be throwing a lot. So that's that's a nice. A nice little uh, end to our news and notes. Another, another nice little piece of news is we're welcoming back uh, one of our lovely sponsors, My Bookie. And you know we don't we don't like to go and get a whole bunch of different things. We like to keep the the people that come in to physically sponsor us to things that we actually use and that we enjoy. And so we're really really happy that My Bookie's back um, because obviously we're not going to talk to you guys about it unless 
we really believe that it's something good or something useful. So my bookie's back. And if you want to, if you want to take a stake in this fight card, this UFC fight night, we're back, man. My bookie's got UFC rocking and rolling. Daniel Cormier defends the UFC heavyweight title against um, something, Miocic, whatever his last name is. I have no idea. I have no idea what his last name is. Stipe is his first name, though. And Nate Diaz is back. I used to love watching Nate Diaz, one of my favorite of all time, just because of how just <laughs> ridiculous he is in the octagon. So he's back for the first time since 2016. UFC 241 is stacked, and my bookie is the place to put some money down on fight night. My bookie has better bonuses and more MMA odds than any other sports book, period. Plus, now we get to the fun part. It's almost football season, and nobody does game day better than my bookie. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100K. Nathan, I know you'll be joining. It only costs $100. So you pick five NFL games against the spread every week, climb the leaderboard, and score your share of the huge cash prize. And that's... You know, the, the big cash prize is the reason why my bookies always right to play. You bet, you win, they pay. So when you get in there, uh, they're going to double your deposit, your first deposit up to $1,000. So you throw 1000 in, they're throwing another 1000 on top of it, and you've got all sorts of money to play with. So when you log in, you make sure you use promo code ROTOVIZ. That's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. So make sure you're going to my bookie. Online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code RotoViz. Bet, win, get paid. And after you're done making your sports bets, make sure you hop on over to our friends at the FFPC for your fantasy football needs. It's been 10 years since the FFPC filled their first Dynasty League, and they've now grown to the world's largest Dynasty League commissioner service with leagues as high as $5,000 center. FFPC leagues are active and competitive, and not a single league is ever folded. Brand new Dynasty Startup Leagues are forming right now. Redraft Leagues as well. In standard, Superflex, and best ball formats starting at $77 and up. For those of you ready for the greatest challenge yet, take a look at this year's FFPC main event. What is the main event exactly? It's the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football. And this year, it's coming to you with a half a million dollar grand prize and over $3.1 million in total prizes. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. Or drafts online from the comfort of your home. Main event drafts uh, begin August 23rd and run through the start of the NFL season. Now let's get to our segment today. We'll see how much we get into. We're already more than halfway through our show. So let's get talk some sleepers, busts, and do not trust. Just to give a quick introduction, obviously sleeper bust, pretty self-explanatory. Do not trust is less, basically a, a less harsh way to say bust. More so like, okay, at that price, I'm not sure I'm willing to touch him there. I think that he might be worth a little bit less th- this time next year. So let's start off with our first sleeper, our, our sleeper quarterback. Who is our sleeper quarterback, Dan? Well, according to the notes that you wrote, because you like this fine young gentleman, that'd be Sam Darnold. I got to say, I don't hate it, especially where he's being valued. QB 21 right now, and they're filling in some pieces around him, obviously bringing in Le'Veon Bell is massive. You still got Ty Montgomery and Elijah McGuire back there in the backfield. Plus, you've got a, a kind of unknown wide receiver group but a plenty talented wide receiver group, uh, whether it's Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua, uh, Jamison Crowder, you, you've got bodies that can get it done. Obviously, uh, at tight end, you have Chris Herndon, who's going to be missing a few games, but there's definitely some capable pass catchers there. And 
you know, the, the Jets are continuing to improve, but they're still not going to be all that great on the defensive side of the football. So I would anticipate a good amount of volume, and, and Darnold made pretty good strides toward the end of last year. So I think his his dynasty value is is trending upwards, and I'm not sure that the market uh, has really corrected. A, a, a QB21 seems pretty darn low for a young guy that you know showed so, some pretty good signs last year, honestly. Yeah, I honestly didn't know his value was this low, in particular in relation to quarterbacks that are going ahead of him. Ben Roethlisberger, QB 19, Trubisky, QB 18, Josh Allen, QB 17, and James Winston, QB 12, who we'll get to later. All of those guys, like, I mean, I think you can make a semi-argument with a couple of them, but for the most part, I'm taking Darnold over all those guys, especially in the Superflex format. So... That's where I'm at with this. I, I, I think that, obviously, his rookie year is pretty much his floor, you know, and he, he showed promising signs toward the end of the year. I believe he was, like, a top three, top four quarterback in QBR in the last, like, seven weeks of the season, if I remember correctly. So definitely showed improvements as the year went on. She got more comfortable at, at the NFL level. And I, I've said it all offseason. I, I think the Le'Veon Bell signing is huge for him. Yes, running backs don't matter. But when you have a legitimate threat in that backfield, it takes away some of the pressure off that quarterback. And an improving offensive line as well. I think that's really important because uh, their line wasn't great that great last year, and obviously not having much of a running game uh, isn't going to do a whole lot for confidence. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with with Darnold at this definitely at this price tag. There's there's no questioning that he should definitely be closer to that mid QB two valuation. So you've got quite a bit of room here for valuation for a little buffer. So I think now's a good time to buy. Like And Nathan mentioned it, this QBR the last few weeks was incredible. Kind of had a Baker Mayfield type end of season. Uh, obviously, the, the turnover ratio wasn't super great. But again, who is he throwing to? A whole lot of nothing. So I, I think I think we've we maybe stumbled into a nice little value gap here. And, and it's time to probably capitalize. All right, let's move on to our next one. It's going to be our bust pick for the quarterback position. It's going to be Jameis Winston going off the board at QB12. This seems very high for a guy that I consider one of the least amount of long-term job security at the position right now. I think it's Jameis and Mariota where they're both in this contract year, and the NFL, I think, is going to have to start making the decision of with these quarterbacks making so much money at, with their first con- or their second contract – that do you invest at with the first round, second round quarterback, or do you pay a quarterback $35 million? And I think with that much money at stake, teams are going to kind of raise their bar to QB purgatory. Like, I don't think if the Andy Dalton, if Andy Dalton's career had gotten to this point where the quarterbacks are getting paid as much as they are, I, I don't think Dalton ends up getting a second contract, you know, at least in the vein of, okay, this is going to be our starter long term. So I don't think that Mariota or Winston get that, and particularly Winston, because that, that's my take here. I think that Winston ends up either with the Bucks, you know, in like a QB2 possible QB1 role or even just a QB2 competition with a team next year. Yeah, it's kind of weird because last year everyone was seemingly done with him, and you could have gotten him for pennies last year, you know, with the whole Fitzpatrick nonsense and – and, you know, the whole eating a W thing, however long ago that was, everybody was just kind of off, you know, off put on him. And I thought that was it. I thought that was it for his dynasty value. And now here he's back in QB1 conversation, uh, I would imagine, because of his weapons that he's surrounded with and Bruce Arians, obviously. But 
when you talk about the guys he's in front of, you know, even the old guys like your Breezes and your Roethlisberger's cousins, Brady, I just I don't see him outperforming any of those guys, and he's realistically on a, a we're looking at short-term production. He's to me this is this is like final season Bortles <laughs> with with Jacksonville, right? We we were chasing points the whole time after. Yeah, yeah. Week, I mean, uh, it, it's it's fi- I'd say it's final season Bortles with a tinge more actual upside to start next year. Sure. Yeah. No, he definitely has more upside to start for future, but it, it's not it's not anywhere near guaranteed, and that's kind of where that Bortles take yeah. kind of comes in for me at least. So yeah, you're not gonna get me buying Jameis at QB one prices. I'm not sure I'd be in at QB two prices unless it's towards the very very back end of QB two pricing. That's probably where I'd be more comfortable. So this one this one seems if we flopped Darnold and Winston, would you feel the same way? So this is actually an interesting uh, juxtaposition, and you might know this because you're in this league. In Capitalist Pigs, I traded before looking at this ADP clearly. I traded Jameis Winston and Golden Tate for Sam Darnold. And that shows just how much I love Darnold, but also in capitalist pigs, wide receivers don't matter. Uh, So, you know, adding a guy, you know, a veteran who I don't expect to be a long-term starter to get from a quarterback who I don't think has long-term upside to a quarterback that I do have long-term upside. That was why I made that trade. Before I move on another trade from that lovely league, I actually traded Sam Darnold for Nick Chubb and Josh Allen. So there we go. Oh, now you're just bragging. (laughs) All right. Uh, now, you can give your own here. I'll, I'll give mine quickly. This is my quarterback that I do not trust, and I'm going to go with Kyler Murray at QB8. I I have some Kyler Murray shares, and I'm not quite going looking to sell, but I'm not confident he lives up to QB8 prices as of now. He's walking into virtually the same situation as Josh Rosen last year, except for you know better coaching, but – I'm not even sure that better coaching is going to guarantee him, you know, not being Josh Rosen. Yes, he's not going to get, you know, traded next offseason. But I think that the path to him, you know, you know, having a successful NFL career is is a couple years away, not immediate. That seems fair. My do not trust is actually a guy who I really do like and, and think he's going to be pretty darn good. But his pricing is is tough right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson at QB 13. Yes, we all understand the rushing upside is there. We get this probably, what, six, 700 yards and maybe six, eight, 10 touchdowns from there. The problem is, is he's not there as a, as a thrower yet. He would have to make huge leaps and bounds and capitalize on real volume to get to a spot where we're talking about an actual QB1 over an entire season, whether that's points per game for 16 or just 16 games in total. I just, I don't see it. He, he was on pace. Uh, his 16 game pace for passing last year was like 360 or 370 passes. That's not going to get it done. That's that's how many completions you should be having, not attempts. So for me, that's, that's kind of tough. Yes, obviously the rushing upside is there and that's massive. But we would need to expect huge leaps and bounds in year two. And not I mean, it's really, what, a half a year last year for legitimate starts and usage. And obviously, we didn't see him really at all as a thrower last year. So 
if he makes those big leaps and you know the shares that I do have are going to be great, I just I can't get on board with going and buying right now or or trusting that ADP. So I think I'm I'm off Lamar until he kind of slides down the board into that, that Josh Allen, you know, that that range because at that range I would much prefer having jo- Lamar Jackson and it just it just seems too high for me. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of where we talk about the rookie insulation where you know, pretty much no matter what you do as a rookie, you have some sort of floor in terms of ADP. Josh Rosen kind of broke that floor by being that bad with the Cardinals. But Kyler Murray isn't going to go lower than like QB 12, QB 13, even if he has a poor rookie season. Lamar Jackson, he is kind of in a prove-it mode with his passing game. He has to show that he's an NFL passer in year two, or he'll go from QB 13 to QB 28. Yeah, and that's, that's my real fear. That's... That's what I'm legitimately afraid of. But if I'm wrong, and then he's probably priced at his ceiling. Maybe his ceiling is closer to where Kyler's at right now at QB8 or even Russell Wilson at 7. Yep. All right, let's move on to the running back position. And we're going to do it with our running back that we think is a sleeper right now. And that's Devonta Freeman. Uh, so often we talk about when you're looking for uh, running backs to buy, you're obviously looking for the better offenses. And the for better offenses, you look for better quarterbacks. You have the, the Atlanta Falcons offense with Matt Ryan, and you have Devonta Freeman with a running back backfield with minimal competition. You have Ido Smith, who I'm not super concerned with. Kadri Allison, not concerned with at all. So Freeman is in line for a large bulk of opportunity here. Do you see any reason other than possible injuries to not be really buying in on Freeman right now? No, I mean, we, we, like with most running backs, injuries, injuries, the top concern. We know the volume is going to be there. If he's on the field, he's going to be involved in every facet of the game. And like you mentioned, that's, that's a high scoring, high flying offense. And that's where he should be looking for those points. And the fact that Freeman's still being disrespected as RB 23 at this point in the off season, because it feels like we've all been talking about, how undervalued he's been and he hasn't budged he he needs to be up definitely ahead of like a leonard fournette aaron jones uh josh jacobs even i feel like he should be towards that top end rb2 carry on melvin Gurley stage now that we've all panicked and starting to sell those guys i feel like that's where we should have freeman because the panic that we're seeing with Gurley injuries and the melvin holdout well Devonta Freeman is a year removed from the injury fears. He should be healthy. He should be ready to go, and he should be much higher. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Let's move on to our bust at the running back position. It's Philip Lindsay, just one RB spot down, RB24. He certainly does not have the upside or the floor that Freeman does, just one spot ahead of him. He has the competition with Royce Freeman. He's losing the passing targets to Theo Riddick, as we discussed last week. Uh, actually, no, it, didn't Theo Riddick get hurt? Yeah, Riddick, Riddick but, got uh, hurt. He did get hurt, but I, I do think that – I don't I don't think it's a long-term thing, so I think that he could still end up losing those those targets to, to Riddick later on in the season. You know, the, the general here is that there is there's the possibility that he loses that, that RB1 job to Royce Freeman. 
And that's not an RB24 isn't really a price where you can say, oh, you can lose your job at that price. You know, if you're if you're taking a top 24 running back, you want a guy who is locked in as a starting RB1 or a guy who is like a satellite back, like a, like a Duke Johnson or a Tevin Coleman in their prime or, you know, in their like hype of dynasty value. They were in that RB20 to 24 range. Yeah. You know, you've got the the Lindsay's and the Chris Carson's of the world who who seemed like uh, entering the offseason, they were they were up much higher. And as time has gone, they've only slid down boards, and yet we're still talking about them busting because they're still being valued pretty darn high. And even at that, that RB24 spot for Philip Lindsay, we know it's probably going to be a 1A, 1B type of split with Freeman. Denver seems more comfortable with Freeman uh, as time goes on. Obviously, they don't have anything invested in Philip Lindsay the way they do with Royce Freeman, and we understand that that's all, not always the end-all, be-all is draft capital, but you've got to give those guys the chance first when you've spent that on them. So I, I think we see a good amount of Royce Freeman this year. I do think it's it's closer to a true split, and then once Riddick is back, I think it's something like six or eight weeks he's expected to be out. It might be less than that, but assuming he misses a few games in the season – once he gets back, he's going to be used a lot, a lot, a lot as as a wide receiver uh, or a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I, I just it's tough for me to find real upside with Lindsey anywhere in the top 30, maybe even more than that running backs. Yeah, it's that's not a great spot. And my do not trust for this, and you can tell me if you uh, disagree here, uh, my do not trust is Nick Chubb. Uh, and pretty much I've been saying this since the Kareem Hunt signing. I, I don't necessarily think that Kareem Hunt's coming to take Nick Chubb's job, but Kareem Hunt is good enough to take Nick, Nick Chubb's job, and that possibility has to you know, be weighed in with Nick Chubb's price, and it's not really being done so at the RB8 price tag, top two startup round pick. You know, it's a very risky price for a guy who has a very talented backup. Yes, first eight games of the season, Nick Chubb might be RB1 overall uh, because he's going to be in a great offense with Baker Mayfield, and he's not going to have anything behind him other than rookies because Kareem Hunt's out, out for eight games. But after those eight games, that's where the lack of trust starts with Nick Chubb. i got to be honest. I was I was really in, a, in kind of a tough spot with – with Nick Chubb until until Cleveland traded Duke Johnson. That, to me, was the difference. I'm back. I'm okay with him at eight. I wouldn't say I love his value there. I think he'd, he'd be more – it'd be easier to trust him at the 10, maybe 12 spot uh, because of the lingering Kareem Hunt return because I do believe that they will use Kareem Hunt, if not only to showcase him and, and try to move, like sign and trade him or something in the offseason. Obviously, he was only signed to a one-year contract, but uh, I think they'll do their best to get some value out of him and keep Nick Chubb fresh for what I assume they're going to try to make a playoff run, uh, as I think we're all expecting from Cleveland after the huge success they had last year after going 0-16 and then, what, 7-8-1 last year, so... Uh, I, I think I think we have a team that's going to put a little more strategy into player health and stuff like that because now they kind of have to. So uh, I don't hate uh, Nick Chubb there. I wouldn't say that I don't trust him. That's a little bit tougher of a spot. The guy right above him is actually somebody who I trust less, and that's James Conner. Uh, he would be my do not trust. I think Jalen Samuels, 
eats into his workload all year, especially as a pass catcher. Uh, I think Jalen Samuels is a hell of a football player. I don't know that he's necessarily a special player, but I think he's very good at the things he does well. And uh, then you've got Benny Snell there too, who obviously is kind of a polished turd, but um, they they might want to keep James Conner healthy too and, and limit his touches until they get to the postseason. Cause I would assume Pittsburgh is kind of on the same plan that most of the other squads in the AFC are that are on the, on the upper tier trying to make a big playoff run. So I think I'm more scared of James Conner at seven than I am of Chubb at eight. That makes sense. All right, let's wrap up sleepers, bust, and do not trust with the wide receiver position. As everyone knows, we don't talk tight ends because they're stupid. I never um, do. do. Uh, all right, let's go with our first wide receiver, or my wide receiver sleeper, maybe even your wide receiver sleeper. It's Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith is a guy who has had his kind of a roller coaster of of prices people skyrocketed him up to being worth an early to mid first at one point middle of last season and then kind of it, it just kind of depends on the day with who who you ask and when you ask them of what his current value is he's currently being drafted at wide receiver 60 which i think is a pretty nice price for a guy who has the ability to be a wide receiver too in a very good offense so I think that he has some nice upside right now. He's obviously a young player, a deep threat. You know, not a lot of a lot of positives on his end, and not much not much risk at his current price tag. No, there's like no risk built in into a Drew Brees wide receiver too. Yeah, obviously last year, you know, the knocks on him were were mostly rookie type mistakes. Gee, I wonder why he would make rookie type mistakes. I think at wide receiver 60, that's a hell of a get. Um, I've been trying to get him all over the place. It seems like most of the startups I've done this offseason, I've been landing with Traquan Smith in the later rounds because he's always there. And I'll take that that valuation all day, every day. On the other end of the spectrum, because Traquan is more of the younger player that that we're kind of trying to bake in some upside into his into his price, Look at somebody with a really high floor who's being valued at almost nothing, and that's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, 32, coming off a tough injury. Everything we've seen, everything we've heard of late has been he's going to be ready to go. And that's uh, wide receiver 66. I get it. He's 32, coming off of a major injury. But when they're telling you he's going to play and we're still not adjusting, that's free points. I mean, if you're if you're planning on winning or even trying to compete, this is a guy you need on your teams, uh, along with like a Larry Fitzgerald. You get those old points in there for short term at very minimal cost. You're going to be looking at, at you know, a real contender, honestly. All right, let's move on to our bust pick. My, my bust pick here is going to be Dante Pettis. He's a guy who's been the dynasty darling, uh, the guy who many people pick as a breakout candidate for this coming season, being drafted as wide receiver 31. Uh, I have some concerns with him with the addition of Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Marquise Goodwin is still in that offense. And then there's, you know, just a lack of a proven quarterback there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of people love him, but, you know, it's it's that's a far cry from a, you know, guaranteed, okay, I can trust that quarterback short term or even long term. And there was some reports that came out this past week about uh, Chanhan trying to motivate uh, Pettis by saying everyone else is better than him and stuff like that. And, you know, you can take all, all those reports any sorts of ways. But I, I take it as 
he he wants to see more from Pettis at least, and that you know he he's still might end up you know targeting Samuel and or Godwin more. Yeah, it's a it's a weird spot. It it feels like Pettis is going to start sliding down boards a little bit because I think everyone's kind of getting the same sense from San Francisco that he's not necessarily designated wide receiver one. Um, and we can listen to the coach speak from Kyle Shanahan all we want. I, it doesn't feel, and I didn't think he was a one last year uh, when we did get to see him a good amount. And he looked good, but he looked like a complimentary wide receiver, not like a true one. So getting him, getting him as a you know a top 30 basically wide receiver, uh, 31 overall, that just seems like a lot to me. Um, there's plenty of guys behind him that I would prefer that I think have much, much higher floors. Obviously, the Shanahan offense provides a pretty good floor in its, in, uh, in itself. But, yeah, I, I'm having a tough time with, with the Pettis valuation. That's that's a bit much for me. And there's, there's some of those kind of guys that once you get to that stage in wide receiver, you're looking at your Cortland Suttons and your Sammy Watkins and your Robbie Andersons. All those guys, you know, have pretty good ceilings, but – relatively minimal floors just because of whether it's injury or usage, you know, all of these things, it makes it kind of a tough spot. So I guess if you have a preference and you prefer Dante Pettis, that's fine. I just feel like he'd be more suited for closer to like the bottom end of wide receiver fours, maybe closer to Debo Samuel. I feel like that would make more sense to kind of have those guys bunched up a little bit more in ADP or in rankings until we see one of them pull away. Or maybe they both start producing and we can move them both up. Just for right now, Dante's Dante's too high. All right. And let's go to the most obvious do not trust to ever walk the planet. I know it's obvious. Maybe I should have been a little more creative, but I don't care because people are not learning their lesson. Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs is being drafted at wide receiver seven. <laughs> wide, re- wide receiver Dan. Wide receiver seven. It's almost what? like nothing. It's almost like nothing happened. I what? don't. I don't. I don't get it. And then we're gonna get the com- We're gonna get the comment. Well, nothing did happen. Obviously, they got let him off. No. <laughs> there is no way. Like. There's no way on this planet you could say, I trust that Tyreek Hill is done with off-field incidents. I trust that Tyreek Hill will never have any sort of regression. That's like, no. They, he's, almost, he's almost back to the first round. I mean, you guys, you got to stop. Yeah, I, there wasn't much analysis here. Just chill out, Tyreek Hill drafters. I, I mean, I get it because it's a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid offense, and we all got to see what Tyreek did last year. The problem is, is there's always that underlying factor that he could be gone at any point. Yeah, oh, well, so everybody else could get injured. Look, I get it. The problem is, is when there's smoke, there's almost always fire, and this dude's hair has been lit on fire for the last like five years. It just I, – I, wide receiver seven, Nathan. It's like like when people were capitalizing on him being like wide receiver like 24 or right. that range. Like I, I wasn't even doing it then, but I could still understand it. Right. What, wide receiver seven I don't understand. No. No, he's back. He's back to where he – I mean he was in the first round there for a little bit, but this is – like immediately after the news, it's like, oh, well, let's just put him right back up there. It's right where he – like – 
uh, this one this one probably bugs me more than it should because there's no way that turnaround should be that abrupt. It it just shouldn't be because there's it still could happen. There's still so many different different things that could that could come from it. And as much as we want to say it's done and over with and nothing happened and the kid lived happily ever after, it, it's that's just not how it works. It's always going to be there. Alrighty, that'll wrap up today's show. Shout out to our our returning sponsor, MyBookie. Our sponsor, as always, MyFFPC. Make sure you leave a rating and review. Appreciate. By the way, I, th- I think we mentioned it a couple shows ago, but for everyone who left a rating review was a- unable to get to the listener league, we appreciate you guys so much. Those rating reviews mean so much. So make sure to you know leave a rating review if you haven't yet. And, uh, you know, just shout us out whenever. And shout out to uh, Skype, hopefully. Uh, this was a n- nice <laughs> show on, on, on Skype. Yeah, this one seemed to go better than last week's Zoom episode. So for those of you who have been along with us for the ride for the last few years, we appreciate you staying patient with us these last couple of weeks, including this week. Might be a little bit sketchy again. Google did us dirty and dropped their Hangouts uh, recording bit so we're, we're trying to find a new home skype looks like it's probably it because this went aside from the hitches before the show starts it, it's been really smooth so we appreciate you guys hanging with us and and um your patience not like not like any of us have ever had any issues with you know i don't know audio or you know <laughs> I, I don't i don't know no well yes again nathan said it thanks my bookie thank you my ffpc rating and reviewing all of the shows on the channel let's go nathan do you have any words to finish Kadoosh. Peace out. Bye. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.